0: What's up, everyone? Hello! Welcome Welcome to to The The Ink! A podcast devoted to uncorking the comics, films, video games, and TV shows that make up all things geekdom. Especially as they both reflect and represent the rich colors of POC-centered and occasionally POC-adjacent narratives. This week, I am cosplaying Duh, that's right, D-A, Samurai, (laughs) um, who is a character from Samurai Jack um, and is a rival turned friend kind of really jack just kind of forgot about him but he didn't kill him so um in the first series before the fifth and final season jack met the samurai and the samurai challenged him to a fight to be the best samurai because according to the samurai's weird logic there could only be one and, of course, Jack completely completely humiliated him. Yes. Um, the samurai is very uh, bombastic. He showboats. He bullies. And at the end of the mm-hmm. day... Yes. He, after losing, he just goes to Jack and say, Oh, my God, please, Senpai, can you please teach me the ways of the samurai? So... That's the Samurai. Lovely. Yeah. And on the opposite end of the character spectrum. Also, want to shout out the reason I am cosplaying this in this. Oh, movie yeah, yeah. It's because yeah. Samurai Jack, The Battle Through Time, is coming out soon, which is a video game. And it's the first Samurai Jack game that we've had in the past 10 years.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: the craze is coming back. It's going to, mm, maybe not back. Gotta get back. Maybe. Back to the past Samurai Jack. Watch out. Yeah.
1: Uh, and this week, <laughs> I will not be providing additional musical stylings. <laughs> I didn't get the you know the memo that I should have my uh, thirty second cut prepared. But I am Katara, which is actually the total opposite of the samurai. She is measured. She one has a more nuanced story arc than. <laughs> very the samurai more than one episode yes some would say (laughs) wikipedia would say everyone would say Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the receipts would say um she is an amazing waterbender. uh i shouldn't have to say this but she is from avatar the last
0: airbender yes yes the animated series the animated series um if not that m night Shyamalan shit she's also in that too yeah but not really well, she's a white woman in that one. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. we not talk about that. Fair enough.
1: Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Um, but yeah, amazing watermeloner, amazing leader, manages to not blood bend everybody in sight when she learns that she has that ability, that very rare ability, because God knows. Yeah. My ass? Mm hmm. So you know what? The Lord gives us what we can handle. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cool, cool. I'm actually surprised, you know, related to our intro, that you didn't Mm -hmm. do the nice little pop from last time. That was
0: cute. Oh, I'll add it back. We'll go next episode. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'll bring it back. All right. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, A-B testing. (laughs) Testing the waters. (laughs) See see if it would fly. Speaking of testing the waters, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what is coming down the pipe for you, friend? What is coming down the pipe for me? So, um, a team at the University of Washington in Seattle have taken this really cool approach at combating the infamous coronavirus um and it's going to be a video game or a computer game or a computer simulator something like that a game yes a game on the computer the game is called fold it and it was actually first released in 2008 and in this game players can fold proteins in order to understand the structures that they are um which the University of Washington researchers say is very key in understanding how proteins work and therefore how drugs can target them to destroy them or to aid them, all that. Uh, now, Foldit basically crowdsources work that otherwise would be done by researchers. So it's basically putting more cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. But in a good way. In a more constructive way. Yeah. Useful Every, These cooks way. have... Have instructions. a recipe. These and instructions cooks have a player going by. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and the makers of Fold It say that it's been really fruitful as of late. Uh, they there are thousands of people playing so far. Good. And who knows where it could go? So far, no vaccine has been found for the coronavirus. Yes. Oh, well, yes, 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 yes. But who knows if it could come from something that. Tom in Missouri. Why has to be Tom? I don't know. Shangela. Shangela in Talupa, Mississippi. <laughs> yes. Why can't she, she be the one? one Shangela. And she is globetrotting And there
1: might mind. be two who might just be a budding biochemist.
0: You know what? You're right. Thank you. You are right. We contain multitudes. Shangela. Yes. <laughs> so, Shangela... <laughs> Look up in the show notes, the website. Go and get to folding. Yes, girl. We can see the impact it's going to have on the world around us. Yes, you. because you might find that one, pro like one protein that could change all of this for us. Yes, and, uh, yeah. So go to go to the link, try the game, have some fun.
1: Yeah, mm. help the world while you're at it.
0: How about you? What's coming down the pipe for you?
1: Um, so I'm excited because we are getting uh, a new property. Not property, I guess, piece of content in the Netflix Carmen San Diego universe. I was like, You buying? <laughs> what? In this city? Baby. <laughs> Some months I can't even afford to rent the loan buy. I literally almost choked on this wine. <laughs> anyway, um, Carmen San Diego, while we are not getting season uh, three, for a while we are getting an nice, a nice offshoot mm-hmm. called Carmen San Diego to steal or not to steal which is going to be a special choose your own adventure type format and and show for Carmen's next adventure on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Netflix has been keen on not attaching the title Choose Your Own Adventure for legal reasons which we'll talk about a little bit later in this description. But High level, what it is, it stars Carmen and her crew, Second Ivy, have been kidnapped by Vile, and Vile gives Carmen an ultimatum. She either... Steals these set of artifacts for them, or they're going to reprogram Zach and Ivy to be vile operatives. Mm-hmm. So Carmen San Diego makes the Carmen 2020 choice, and not necessarily the Carmen 1994 choice. Right.
0: She chooses to save for friends. So, which means she's pretty much working for vile. Yes. A little. Yes. Well, well, not. No, not a little. She's working for them. <laughs> well, I mean, I say a little because you know. You know she's going to find some way to turn it around Will and, she? And make it work and I think rescue her friends as well as like do something to hurt Vile's motives. It'll be up to the player. What I do like is I think this is a fresh and interesting way of returning to the tone that the original games had. Where Carmen was this infamous um, criminal. Yeah. Stealing. Uh, and, and yeah. I mean, I'm excited and for it. And you were the child behind the screen choosing what she did. And That's very true. Out. I'm excited for it for that reason, but then also because
1: not only are you making some really cool choices, but they also have absolutely gorgeous consequences. The trailer for it came out this week, so feel free to hop over to YouTube or wherever you watch
0: your trailers for TV shows and movies um, to check it out. like, Carmen's, like, stunting. Like she looks amazing. Oh, she will always look amazing. Like the flowing hair, yeah. Doing splits and dresses. Like she's killing it. Oh yeah. She's out there she is the game. she is
1: definitely a stunt queen. hmm So I'm really excited about um getting ready to watch it. Uh I think it's coming out wait. March tenth. There we go. I was like, I know it's sometime soon. <laughs> Next Hello week. Mom. Next week. Um so I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited about the fact that Netflix is not going to be adding Choose Your Own Adventure to the title. Yes. Can someone say sued? <laughs> As to avoid another possible lawsuit. So, if you are not familiar with the latest uh, Netflix legal battle, Netflix actually is being sued by the company behind Choose Your Own Adventure because of alleged copyright or, yeah, copyright infringement. Yeah. So, in 2019, the company behind Choose Your Own Adventure brought this lawsuit to Netflix's door. Hey, girl. This is ours, mm-hmm. alleging that they have infringed on their copyright claims to choose your own adventure because Netflix produced the Band of Snatch series that we have all possibly
0: watched, played, all that jazz. I only went through it like twice. Yes. I couldn't do that again. <laughs> that was a lot. Exactly. A little depressing.
1: Tabbit, tad, bit, tad bit. Yeah. But the lawsuit right now, they're asking for $25 million in damages over trademark infringement. And
0: a Vermont judge just recently said that, yeah, girl. This is a serious case. So, Well, the funny thing about it, too, is like that's a drop in the bucket for Netflix. They're mm. out here financing multi-million dollar movies that ain't nobody going to watch, and they're not going to market. Oh. And, <laughs> you know, $25 million, that's not that much.
1: More than likely, Netflix is going to definitely settle out of court, but Choose Your Own Adventure better be glad that most of their holdings are in publishing, because right now, Netflix Love. is stealing everyone's lunch True. as it relates to... TV and film properties. So, Big Black like, are the only publishing books.
0: I feel like they're as, they're asking for this amount because they're like, all right, looks, sis, it's been a rough. Past thirty years for us. I was gonna say we just want to get off the ground. Just give us, just give us a nibble, something so we can publish one more book. We can, we can turn it. We can have. We can finally have a digital book. Ooh, a digital book. Wouldn't that be great? I
1: mean, you work in the in the throes of publishing, so you probably know more about this.
0: My first thought was not that simple, but yeah, it's.
1: My first thought was, "Damn, these hoes are probably miss- missing their scholastic book fairs." Honestly, truly, because that was probably when they made their bank. So, Lord knows, I bought some. Uh, mm, I, still, I stay clear of those. And I was my mostly into nonfiction. A shit
0: ton. Oh my gosh, Mm-mm. this chest was full of them. LOL. So let's go into newsreel. All right. So newsreel for this week might be a little bit longer than most uh it's been a long two weeks and we've gotten a lot of news parsing this down was not fun but i think we got the good stuff yeah i think we got the good stuff so let's start out with a history lesson for all of you that don't know you will the uh tulsa massacre of 1921 um was took place in tulsa which was an affluent which was in the affluent Greenwood district, um, and was then more commonly known as Black Wall Street. And in this massacre, white supremacists basically overthrew the government of Tulsa and went through the city, you know, just burning everything to the ground, mm-hmm. um, raping, pillaging, all that good stuff, bad stuff, and... Um, and they killed and injured hundreds of innocent black people in the process.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And for decades, um, this wasn't taught in Oklahoma schools. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't think it was taught much around the con- country at all. I know I didn't get taught in grade school about it, so which is a is a, is a crying shame. But <clears throat> according to CNN, uh, Oklahoma's Department of Education will add the Tulsa Massacre of 1921 to the state's lesson plans for the fall, uh, with the curriculum's framework coming out a little bit before April. So it's probably going to be later this month if it hasn't already come out already. Mm -hmm. Um, And this framework is said to give teachers the extra support and resources when teaching students about the horrific event. Yes. Now, Joy Hoffmeister, who... The whitest last name, <laughs> yes, Lord, the whitest last Jordan, name, maybe.
1: Jordan. Uh, you know, ever since I'm watching
0: the uh, TV show Hunter, I've thinking all these last oh, names very are very true, very true. But she is Oklahoma State Superintendent and a, a proud white woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said that the Education Department wants to ensure that we are teaching at a great appropriate level. Those facts that have not been taught in a way they should have been taught in Oklahoma. This is our history. And we should know it. I love that, you know,
1: very implicit apology.
0: Yeah. Which should
1: have been very explicit.
0: Yeah, it's like... Very substantive. Right. (laughs) This is... That wasn't enough. No. And if that's all that we're getting, like, there needs to be something more to take take place. Yes. Let the Negroes have their history. Basically. That's basically what she was saying. Mm -hmm. But um, let's all be honest. This is because of Watchmen, the <laughs> HBO series. That opening scene of the of the series really had an effect on the cultural zeitgeist and the in the conversation. Yeah, and even Nettie Acorfor tweeted: uh, "Decades of historians have been trying to let the world know about this massacre, and it took an alternate history comic book drama to break the wall of racism. Racism. I don't know whether to cry or laugh." But let, one, let no one say fiction has no power in the real world. Which I think is pretty power, like just powerful what she yeah. was just saying. Yeah,
1: it definitely apt, um, definitely powerful words and an invocation. Um, for folks to do a lot better, but also know and believe in the power
0: of storytelling to really create substantive and institutional change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And though this series is not going to get a second season, which sucks, but also I'm kinda glad because that it, the, remains the, to be seen. F- you the know? first season was pretty damn amazing. Yeah. So it's kinda like in end, end on the top. End on a top note,
1: you know? Yeah. Not only that, but also I appreciate creators now in 2020 just accepting that certain worlds have a definitive start and end point. And yes. that is
0: lovely. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But this shows that Damian Lindoff's vision stuck, and yeah. Did actually make a difference, and that though history is often written by the winners, it's always our responsibility and right to kind of make sure that that narrative is corrected, yeah. And that the truth is always told, yeah, and shines through in the end. Mm-hmm. So, most definitely, yeah. Congratulations, Oklahoma.
1: I know. And also just the rest of the world, because hopefully this can also be replicated across several states and several countries that often bury hidden histories of the very people upon whose backs this country has been built. Amen to that.
0: Now, next, Uh, in our Lord's year of 2020, if you still have not seen a Studio Ghibli movie, what are you doing with your life? factual like really are you hiding under rock are you trying to deprive yourself from exactly. joy
1: are you trying to make your way through season 1 of altered carbon and maybe mute on uh, netflix we
0: definitely still need to watch all three
1: cards. I'm good. You know what? Shots fired. I said what I said. You said, okay, that's fine. I'll watch it by myself. <laughs> yes. Mute though? No,
0: I'm done with that. I may watch season two that. because of Anthony Mackey, but that is the only reason. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I digress. We digress. Uh, those of you that have seen one or maybe many Ghibli films know that these are beautifully animated movies and that also. They have an amazing soundtrack. Yes, yes, Some yes. of the most amazing soundtracks that are out there. Whether it's Merry-Go-Round from House Moving Castle or One Summer's Day from mm-hmm. Spirited Away or Kazi Ninaru from The Cat Returns. Those are just three of my favorites, but there are so, 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 so many.
1: And honestly, find your favorite uh, reading, listening, occasionally sleeping music compilation on YouTube or mm-hmm. Spotify, and likely you will come across one of the amazing, uh, most amazing selections from many of these films, um, all scored by, I think with the exception of one film, yes. by Joe Sashi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wonderful yep that's the guy my uh, japanese is a little rusty <laughs> but he has always
0: been an amazing contributor with uh, miyazaki and has scored all but one of his films mm-hmm. and now you can find all the studio ghibli's music all 38 soundtracks on any streaming platform yeah they just released their home anime library across spotify apple music google play and youtube music Woo. uh so go out there and start listening Now, some regions are experiencing problems where they only display a limited number of songs, but it seems that right here in the U.S. we are okay so far and everything is displaying. Hypebeast also reported that In total, 693 tracks from 23 Studio Ghibli films are now available to stream. That is wild. That's days of music. (laughs) Days. Um, The only film that you won't see is Grave of the Fireflies because the studio does not have the rights to that film's Mm -hmm. music. Um, But I'm a little okay with that because Grave of the Fireflies is super sad, like, Really, really sad. But that makes for some very poignant music, though. So I'm like, oh yeah, great, uh, great music. Kind of bad memories. Great music, <laughs> bad memories. Yeah. Story of my biography. Uh-huh, Story uh-huh. of my biography. <laughs> Title of my biography. There we go. In addition to uh, its catalog of compositions, Studio Ghibli also compiled 15 image albums featuring music inspired by different characters and moments from their films. So oh, cool. you might get something from Nausicaa, uh and the Valley of the Wind, or something from Laputa, Castle in the Sky. Ponyo, Mm -mm. Porco Rosso. Flying pigs. Yeah, all that good stuff. So Mm -hmm. whether you're studying, writing, reading, napping, or just staring out the window in contemplation, you know, waiting for the coronavirus to come knocking at your door. Wow. Get to streaming. (laughs) Wow. Get to streaming, guys. It's also honestly refreshing to hear music, especially... Uh,
1: film and, and TV soundtracks that really feature real live instruments and yes. not electronic versions of them. There's something about hearing the soul of a clarinet
0: that. Mm-hmm. Makes me tear up a little bit. I know, right? It, it's bit. kind of that feeling I get when I hear big band music. Yes, yes, because yes. We don't yes. get that these days. Yeah, most definitely.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to you know shit on the Hans Zimmer's and the other folks out there. Love
0: your work. In fact, kind of wanted to be no. you when I was twelve. Go, go get it, cinematic orchestra. You yes. do your shit. Yes, yes. Uh, but. Any more to say on that one?
1: Uh, no, just let us know what your favorite track is, because obviously you're going to listen to this after this podcast.
0: Favorite track, favorite movie, favorite scene, favorite I know. character. If you just become a whole Miyazaki stan, like, welcome. You're You're amongst friends. Yes. Really, really. Now, speaking of anime, for those of you who are anime heads like myself, <laughs> <laughs> this should be pretty interesting to you. There is a new film coming out this year called The Journey, which tells the story of Oz, a potter with a secret past who's caught up in an epic battle to defend his city. Interesting, okay. It's an animated historical epic co-produced by Saudi Arabia's Manga Productions and Japan's Toei Animation. So that means, obviously... Anime is taking over the world. Yes, I mean first the West, then the the East is taken, obviously, and and now the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So everyone, everyone's joining in the fun. Everyone gets a little bit of animated content. Yes, uh, manga productions conceived the project and fully financed it, which I think is really dope. Yeah, um, and it was about ten to fifteen million dollars. So you know that this movie is about to be pretty good, whether it's voice <laughs> acting or the quality of animation, it's going to be up there.
1: Um. It's going I mean to be... it's not
0: okay so I know that's not <laughs> a lot of money when you think about a film but if you think about okay compare it to like an MCU film definitely not not a not a lot of money
1: dear even if it wasn't a lot a lot of money the very fact that it has just been giving money in general won't make it inherently good it'll be possibly uh decently produced. Hopefully wonderfully produced, but so there we is... unfortunately cannot conflate
0: the amount of investment with the quality of the content. This is true, but also knowing Koei anim- um, animation. Oh yeah, very true. It's, it's, I think it's going to be, it, it, it's in some good hands. Also, there's a teaser out and the animation style looks pretty fun too. It's very reminiscent of Cas- Netflix Castlevania. Oh, it's very close okay, that. I'll, take it's that. Exactly I'll take that. It's not exactly the same. It's definitely original, its own original thing, but it, it definitely looks like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the animation was all done in Ridia. Mm hmm. Thank you. Thank you. hmm. My, my partner in crime, uh, which is a city in Saudi Arabia uh, where manga is located. And it was also done in Tokyo where Toei and manga's satellite studio are located. Kobun Shizuno, which direct who directed the uh, De- Detective Conan films and Knights of Sidonia, is going to be directing this film, and the character designs are by Tatsuro Iwamoto, who you might know from the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney series, who has that series has a series of games that they still make. Oh, and I was going to say I have too. no
1: idea, but I'm looking forward to you know learning. Mm-hmm. It's like a law person. drama in a ah. video game. Ah
0: hmm Not my jush. With a lot of funny stuff going on, too. But we'll see. Okay. Yeah. hmm Well, in a statement from Toei Chairman Shinji Shimuzu... A lot of names in this. Yes. A lot of names. Yes. It was an honor and also a great responsibility for the Japanese to create a full-length animation based on the ancient history of the Arabian Peninsula with different cultures, lifestyles, and customs than ours. It is a collaborative movie that Jap- Japanese animation professionals and young Saudi Arabian talents created side by side, a cultural exchange I am proud of. Lovely.
1: Yeah. Lovely. It's
0: really cool. And it's, I a, mean, it's something that you don't see often. That is very true. This, these two cultures collaborating. Well, Saudi Arabia's bad
1: politics aside. Um, -hmm. I'll be remiss not to make a comment (laughs) about that. I am excited to see that they are bringing to life and bringing to screen histories and cultures and, like he says, customs that really give color to that region.
0: Yeah. Or that country in particular. um, It turns out that this is not the first um, collaboration from these two companies. I think it's the first animated feature film, but they... Um, they they struck a deal back in 2018, I believe, or okay. something, right before the 34 year cinema ban was lifted uh, in Saudi Arabia.
1: Ah, yep, 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 yep. So yep. I think that they were sense.
0: they were kind of planning on that to go away, so that they could really get into this collaborative effort. Cool. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, for now. The film is only being distributed in the MENA region, which is the Middle East and North African region, mm-hmm. and Japan. But Mega Productions uh, will hold uh, meetings at Cannes in mm-hmm. uh, in May, I believe, mm-hmm. so they can get some other partnerships. So maybe there will be a distribution partner in the U.S. or in the West, so that we can see this film. I mean, likely Netflix. Probably Netflix, Netflix. yeah. <laughs> <hopefully>. <laughs> Netflix has
1: really been adding to the Global Animation Archive and, and catalog, so to speak. So I'm really happy to see them doing that work, and that means that possibly Netflix would be interested in purchasing and being a distributor uh, for this. So Netflix, please use that $25 million that you won't be giving to... <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> on the books, at least in the in, in the press, <laughs> to choose least. your own adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To maybe bring this movie to our lovely lives, please, please. Moving on, according to a report by Variety, uh, Priya Ferguson is being promoted from a recurring character in season three of Stranger Things to a season regular. Yes, season ma'am. Four, yes, ma'am. Which I am all for. Completely. I love her character, and really, it only makes sense. She's growing up. Before our eyes and is becoming more of a badass in her own right. we saw her helping the main group out in season three when they were infiltrating the mall slash Russian base slash other upside down entrance or whatever <laughs> it was. and I can just imagine what she's gonna do in season four. oh yes, oh yes. I mean, honestly, she's probably going to still be smart-mouthing her way around, bullying her older brother, Lucas, because she's more popular than him. I mean, that's cute. What I really want to see, because we're obviously going
1: to get that kind of stuff in general Mm -hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons. All the personality. Exactly. And all the color, literally and figuratively, (laughs) uh, in that cast. (laughs) Well, her and her brother, Lucas. The only two. The only two. The only two. Um, And whatever the hell Winona's doing with that eyeshadow. But It's called depression. (laughs) But make it fashion. (laughs) Right. Um, I really wanted to see her lean into some of these undercover nerd moments. So there was this moment that she had with Dustin where he had to remind her that your knowledge um, really makes you a nerd girl
0: yeah because she's smart she knows science she knows math that's what it was exactly yes they i think they had to figure out a code i really need to go back and watch the second season do i i don't know but (laughs) i season three i need to go back because i think there was a moment where they were trying to find out the numbers of of iterations it would take for them to figure out the correct code for this yes 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 and she did the math she did the math in her head baby
1: wear that crown Come on, mathletes. Hidden figures. Exactly. Oh, Katherine Johnson, R.I.P. (laughs) A legend gone too soon. Um, Well, she was 101.
0: I was just about to say there's a spot open.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't end this episode. I won't be able to this episode.
0: <laughs> Lovely. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's, let's, let's just down. keep it
1: pushing. Let's just keep it pushing, Queen. Um, so looking
0: forward to seeing more of those moments from her in season four. Yes. And then also, the, the show has really made strides from its first season of being a mostly vanilla cast. yeah. I mean, it still is mostly a vanilla cast, but they have made some strides. Uh, so I can only see how the show can benefit from giving more screen time to its more diverse members of the cast. Yeah, completely. Yeah, so we'll certainly find out more about what her character's doing in this upcoming season, what they're all doing in this upcoming season mm-hmm. when we get closer to when season four premieres. But we don't know when it's going to premiere. But Very true. Yeah, time you know, inches on.
1: I, I hope that she is the leader of a movement to bring back the DW type characters.
0: That's who she reminds me because of. Because there are so yes. many
1: TV shows, either animated or... Um, or live action TV shows from the 90s and early aughts that had these amazing little sisters. I'm thinking about DW. I'm thinking about Laura from Family Guy. That first yeah. season, she told Eddie off consistently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are so many ways in which those characters really bring those relationships to life and give us so much more that we
0: need in this year of 2020. That is so true. Yes. I totally forgot. Even um, the Bernstein Bears. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's that. There's also, you know. There's uh, Lisa from The Simpsons.
1: Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maggie, when she finally figures out how to talk and all that jazz, I mm-hmm. think she's spoken maybe one or two words, and uh, her now running joke of
0: being... To. Perpetually to. <laughs> Her and As Ketchum are going, they're just having a There hard is time. a disease. There is a disease mm-hmm. that needs to be explored by Ryan Murphy
1: in an upcoming American Horror Story season. Yes, yes. About perpetual youth. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. American Horror Story.
0: Pan. Pan? Peter Pan. Oh. Funny you say that. We're gonna talk about Pan later on in the newsroom. Yeah, we but are. We gotta get there first. Cool. First we're gonna talk about death. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's favorite subject. So Marvel has really been playing with death a lot lately and I was it's in some very interesting ways, mm-hmm. I think. So I'm gonna talk about two of them. Two of the most recent um things they've they've used death yes. in. So first off, in the new soft reboot of the X-Men universe, the mutants have basically achieved immortality through this a thing called the five which are five different mutants gold balls proteus elixir tempus and hope gray yes uh they together can basically create a clone of any mutant and then through the power of professor x and cerebro the recorded consciousness of the mutant can then be added into the clone body and there you go fresh as new Once dead, Cyclops is now back alive. Mm -hmm. Only to be killed probably again. Yes, 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 yes. If I had my wish, hopefully. (laughs) Well, in X Men number seven, readers learn that through this method, the X Men can now have the ability to reverse the tragedy of M Day. Which, if you want to tell the girls a little bit about M M Day, Uh,
1: high level, Scarlet Witch, batshit. Um, no more mutants. She goes through a moment where she is, is struggling with her grip on reality. She is being tended to by Professor X and Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange tells Professor X that this girl is way too powerful. We cannot contain her Her ability to essentially warp reality on a incalculable level. Yeah. For lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, She creates this alternate reality where she has her babies and her family is a part of this massive empire, this House of M, which predates M-Day. And House of M includes her father, Magneto, her brother, Quicksilver. Um, They, well, Wolverine in particular, wakes up to all these memories. They finally confront her. And in a last-ditch effort to save her reality,
0: she says, fuck this. Mm -hmm. No more mutants. Yes. M-Day. And because of that, a large number of the world's mutants lose their powers. Mm-hmm. No more powers. They're still alive. They just are not as special as they once thought they were. And baby, it is not gradual. Mm-mm. That shit happens In literally a instantaneously. In people. A split second.
1: People actually die.
0: Yeah. Yes. Basically, from mm-hmm. from being depowered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with this new way of bringing people back to li- mutants back to life, um, the X Men now understand that they can restore all mutants who have lost their powers. But, there's a caveat, and it's a large one. Like, really <laughs> large. They have to die first. Yeah. Because, how are they going to restore them if you're not dead? this They only bring people back from the dead. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It does. It does. Okay. Why does it not make sense?
1: Wait, so hold on. But, they're large... They, they, have, they have to die first, so, like, they... Mm-hmm. In order to be brought back, they have to die?
0: Yes. Because they can only... They're only bringing these clone individuals back of mutants who have died. So if a if a depowered oh
1: mutant want to get their powers so back, they, they sorry, have to die. i started from the the starting point of them being dead already. No, they're not dead already. They're just depowered, so they're yes. basically socially dead. Yeah, so to, to, to the mutants. Has, yeah, they have yeah, they're they've officially died human, a, they're not mutants yes, anymore. Yes, which means they've also died a political death and the fact that they don't have citizenship. On this new island. Right. This
0: is alright. Yes. Okay. So for the people who want to become mutants again and gain their citizenship back, basically, and be accepted by mutant kind, they have to die first so that they can be revived. And this issue introduces a grotesque, Krakoan ritual, which is Krakoa, is the city or the the um, now nation, nation state, nation state. Yes, that the mutants have created for themselves, but they have to go through this ritual called the Crucible, which basically any deep power mutant is free to seek a death and a resurrection, but they have to earn that resurrection by fighting <laughs> the mutant apocalypse to the death. To the death. <clears throat> Hold on, stop here.
1: So y'all could have chosen any other mutant. Any other fucking mutant mm-hmm. you would want? Hell, um, well, I wouldn't say Kitty Pride because Kitty Pride is that bitch now, especially in this reboot. Yeah, yeah. But insert other random mutant. They, they, they could have found a girl that had um, all the powers and other fighting abilities of Lady Deathstrike. Like Met, when, when Meg got to, uh, superhuman abilities and Family got the ability to grow her nails,
0: mm-hmm. y'all could have found someone, you know, D level. Well, so but Apocalypse. So the, I, the reason they did this is because one, Apocalypse doing all the bad shit he's done through his past with the X Men is now joining the side for uh, good. Fuck atonement. But that's not <laughs> if that's not really it because the point isn't actually to defeat Apocalypse. He's too powerful. Oh, of course, yeah. That's another reason why they chose him. Isn't there's no way you're gonna beat him. It's just to prove oneself worthy worthy through ritual. How far are you willing to go? Exactly. To restore your, to have your powers restored. Exactly. Fear cannot be a thing in your mind. Fear of death. Mm. So in this issue, we see Cannonball's sister, Melody, going through this task, and she does prove herself brave in the, in the face of certain death, with Apocalypse savagely beating her <laughs> and granting what he considers an honorable end. I think he just stabbed her with a sword. A big old sword.
1: Mm-mm. I don't want any, any possibility of me not dying. I need this to be swift, uh, swift and quick. I mean, it's Apocalypse. He's going to make sure. It's I
0: need a good. beheading. <laughs> that might be what, what I did. want. Honestly, for me, girl. Shabla, honestly, little neck crack. Look, <laughs> but uh Melody is then resurrected with her powers restored and brought before the nation of Krokoa now fully accepted as one of their own, mm-hmm. back into mutant king- the mutant kingdom. Now, of course, many X Men have mixed emotions about this, especially Nightcrawler, who's already very pious almost one would almost say saintly yes um i think he was raised in the catholic church or at least he, that's who he he really found god when he was captured and he went through that the circus and all the, that backstory that he did
1: and he somewhat becomes kind of a priest um in the late aughts version of the x-men mhm mhm claremont
0: Possibly. Maybe. Anyway, we'll do research. But Nightcrawler ponders whether a mutant soul actually returns to a body when it's resurrected. Yes. Or if these clones are nothing more than just copies. And not
1: only copies, but also potential soldiers
0: for this nation state. True. So come on patriotism. And he also wonders if it's okay that mutants are finding their true paradise on Earth. And does that make the afterlife unnecessary? I have so many thoughts about that. But yes, continue which i think is crazy that they're putting all of these like existential questions into this comic book. Do it. Do it. No, i mean crazy in a good way. Sorry, yes. Yes, yes crazy yes. in a very good way. It makes it so interesting and that's why i'm so fascinated and excited about this reboot. I just hope X-Men that their writers have the range. Because y'all the are, uh, they have the range. Y'all I mean, can, they, look what they've done so
1: far. I mean, that's fine. Like, there's, there's one thing of, of you know, creating this very like nuanced storyline about how the X Men have finally come to realize in a more well, in to be more specific, how Professor X has come to realize that this codependent shit ain't gonna work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they've been able to further along this storyline has gone through. A dance between these two poles of either codependence or superiority if you're Professor X or if you're a Magneto, respectively. Right. But if you are not getting into mutant religion and some of the more philosophical, theological, damn near like mm-hmm. ontological understandings of being, mm-hmm.
0: so you best have the range. So, looking at the picture as a whole, people have been wondering if Professor X has turned evil. Oh, hell yeah. Because. Turned? Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Baby. Right, right. But a leprechaun can't change her spots. We know in this new uh, version of the X-Men, or this this uh, soft reboot, Maura McTaggart is also a mutant, and she has the ability to basically be rebirthed every time she dies. And this is the 10th time she has been rebirthed, and so she's seen all possible futures that the X-Men could yep. have. And it's said that she showed Professor X what's going to happen. Y'all, so this is him. The gag is she retains all of her memories. Yes, every time she dies, she retains yes. all of her memories. yes. So this is him knowing what the future can be, subtly preparing the rest of the mutants for the war that they're going to have to fight, making them not afraid to die, making them super, um, you know, just wary that humans are, can be, and are evil, and making it super family-oriented. you know, combining the X-Men and the Brotherhood and every other mutant that's out there. I mean, what's going to be interesting is that
1: I wonder if there's going to be a rival religion to what Kurt is trying to create because what he's doing right now is kind of tampering. is
0: creating his own religion because he's trying to make some sense of all of this is going on. But
1: what's going to be interesting is that religion can serve... A, numer- a variety of purposes one of which can be used to really explain at a divine level why your your group of people is divinely ordained to
0: rule and right so it's so going to be it, interesting yeah, it can to go see one of two ways yes it can go that yeah. way where it becomes the religion of the mutants and it be- not only becomes a a political and social battle but it also comes a religious battle and existential by proxy or it could become where this religion creates a faction in the mutants that are like oh, okay yep this is going a little too far oh baby that is when state-based propaganda
1: comes into play yeah so that is, that is how you invent an entire cosmology as to why you exist
0: go read the new x-men <laughs> obviously it's we're great we're
1: real happy about we're this standing <laughs> over here
0: but Please go read. Um, It's very very interesting. I promise you, it's not a waste of money. Go to your local comic book store and buy. Yes. Now, the second thing with Marvel and Death that I want to discuss is Marvel Comics: The End shows how various heroes eventually meet their respective ends. It's more of a what if scenario and possible futures than you know. So it's not really canon, but they the comics book they still aim to pack an emotional punch for readers and people that are invested in these characters will definitely see what these characters time as superheroes was worth and where they go and what they become now it was first launched in 2004 i believe Mm -hmm. uh but the series has returned and six new characters are telling their stories one of which is spider-man miles morales Ah, okay yeah so with his story it takes place decades in the future in what's left of New York City, and he's basically protecting a safe haven full of survivors in Brooklyn, his home city. Now, they live in fear of these giant, evil, just ravenous germ bug creatures, basically, that just go around, and if they see you, they spot you, they chase you, they eat you. Um, Clear. We are clear on the rules. So everyone's hiding from those. And Miles, though he's old... He's still spry. He has his powers, and I think that's what's kind of been keeping him mm-hmm. in shape and, and, you know, still being able to punch the shit out of some ugly green thing. I was trying to think of an equivalent of blacked on crack for spiders,
1: and I can't think of one.
0: Mm.
1: But, um, yeah. Meh. I mean, he's black, so. I mean, blacked on crack and spiders don't Fall. internal rhyme slant rhyme
0: we did it
1: we love a very narrow narrow
0: narrow questionable yeah slant rhyme right anyway language arts (laughs) but but he walks around now without his mask and just you know he's hey how's it going Dude and, like, whatever to all the people <laughs> around citizen. him. Hello, citizen. Basically, yeah. But he's now called the mayor. The, the, the mayor, I think? Yeah. The mayor, the major. The mayor? The mayor. Probably he's called the, the, mayor. the mayor. That makes yes, more he's sense. He's called the mayor. Uh, because since this city is protected, they are um, projecting and broadcasting a message to survivors from all over New York City saying, come and join their sanctuary because it's safe.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, this all sounds great. Where does the death come in? Or where does the end come in? Well, Miles is eventually called to help another community that takes place in New Jersey. Of course, it's fucking Jersey. Uh-huh. And he crosses paths with this colossal man named the last captain who wears Captain America's armor and or outfit and has his shield. And it's this huge evil dude. And that's when things kind of get a little risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want to hear the rest of the story, go out and buy the issue. <laughs> want to read is out the now. rest of the story? Oh, yeah, read the rest of the story. <laughs> go out and buy the issue, which is out now. It's pretty good. It's a, it's it is a. I like the ending because it definitely shows how closely knit Miles Morales is with the community around him, which yeah. I think is a large thing for his character. Of course, that makes we, sense. Yeah, for those of you who read the comics, the community is a character itself. And for those of you that watch uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, it definitely shows how community oriented Miles is, even with like him changing schools from where he's used to living to this this different area and different school where, yeah. th- basically, the rich people go.
1: I mean, he's definitely the epitome of your neighborhood friendly Spider Man. Exactly. So he is Spider Man. And I
0: think that is a, a character quality they don't want to lose. Exactly, exactly. So. And it's not lost in this this issue. So definitely go out and buy this. Go out and buy X-Men number seven uh, and just read it. Yeah. It's fun stuff. We will join you on that journey. Mm-hmm. Now, last but not least for the newsreel for this week, you mentioned Peter Pan before. I did. He I did. did. Okay, well, everyone knows his story. The boy that never wanted to grow older. His merry band of lost boys. Mm-hmm. The hook pirate that can't seem to let him go yeah and the girl that he almost gave it all up for worthless yes uh well the classic is a classic you know peter pan it's been done many times there's the racist disney version mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the original horror story who was written which was written by i should know this hans christian anderson i think so that's the only person that i know right besides... that's what comes to mind yeah right okay we're gonna say that Clock us if we're wrong. Uh but there's also been like numerous remakes. The most the latest one was with um Hugh Jackman.
1: Um it was called Pan. It had oh Hugh Jackman. God, you're right. And then they had Naomi Raypass playing um what is the Native American woman's name? Indian uh Tiger, Tiger Lily. Lily. Tiger Lily.
0: Yeah. hmm My favorite is always uh Hook. Oh. R.I.P. Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. Yeah, that was And Dante a good Bosco. Movie. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell. Heck yes! Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she finally put in a little... Boy wig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, now we have Wendy. Yes. Uh, it's a new retelling of the Peter Pan story, and it is breaking barriers by showcasing the first black Peter Pan. Yes. Yeah. According to Entertainment Weekly, Yashua um, Mack will be playing... The Perpetual Lost Boy, and was chosen out of over 1,500 children to play the role. That's a lot of people to beat out. Yeah, a lot of children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The film's director, who is Beast of the Southern Wilds, Ben Zetlin. Mm-hmm. He told the outlet that he chose Matt because of his innate ability to find the character. It's just something that came to him easily. And with the snap of his fingers, once he got in the environment that they were filming in, he would just switch into character and it just seemed so natural. Yes. And this is probably because, um, as Zetlin went along to say, Yashua lived in a Rastafarian camp in Antigua, which is where they filmed. And a lot of places you see in the film are their playground they and seeing this little boy drop into character was one of the most shocking things i've ever experienced in my life he just inherently understood how to perform mm. yeah and that makes me smile that makes that yeah, yeah cuz yeah. i know he has a huge future ahead of him one one would hope yeah um, one because would, one would really hope for every
1: black and brown boy and and or black and brown child that plays and has phenomenal experience as child actress there's that one little white kid who does that one little thing. I know. And next thing you know, call me by your name.
0: <laughs> but. Uh, a huge draw for Zetlin to do, to retell this story um, was to address the original story's racist overtones. Mm-hmm. Probably talking about the Disney version and the Huns. Um, Christian, Christian Anderson. Christian Anderson. I don't know why I want to say Andrew Christensen. <laughs> That's an underwear brand. Nope. Oh, little, little gay boy. <laughs> He went along to say, uh, radically dismantling the history of the story was a huge reason why we wanted to tell it. His character and the story has been so important to me. But you look back at iterations of it, and they're wildly sexist. They're wildly racist. And the way they portray Native Americans usually is just basically shit. Yes, absolutely. Which is nail on the head yeah nail on the head I, I still can't believe Disney released their version like that
1: oh my god there was one scene so it's now on Disney Plus obviously and it has been since released on um, obviously VHS and I think they did a remaster didn't version didn't they take it off of Disney Plus I am not entirely sure because but I do know one that? thing they did though is that they removed the scene where they're smoking the peace pipe
0: <laughs> oh my god they, yeah. they removed that scene yeah so yeah well it is out in theaters now mhm The name is Wendy. The name of the film is Wendy. It has not received great marketing, if you ask me. Um, I've only seen it on a few commercials during breaks between watching shows on Hulu and and YouTube. But, um, yeah, it's on theater. So go watch it now. Give it your support. Woo. Yeah. And that is the end of the newsreel for this week. All right. Let's move on to For the Culture. For the Culture.
1: Right. So for the culture, um, I mean, I feel like we would be not only remiss, but also just woefully uh, out of touch if we didn't talk about the coronavirus in some way. Um, And the coronavirus has even affected our little world here in in Nerdland. So the coronavirus, as, as it's most commonly known and most correctly known as COVID nineteen, definitely has us in a in a tizzy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what started out in China has rapidly spread through the world, um, which has resulted in a shit ton of misinformation, unfortunately. Yes. And health agencies and the overall medical community have been doing their best to really combat this misinformation, panic, and unfortunately, the resulting racism and xenophobia.
0: Yeah, yeah emphasize those last two most definitely it's ridiculous even
1: i wouldn't even say even here in new york because new york also experiences its bouts and everyday
0: versions of racism and xenophobia i mean so i was talking at work with people like look at chinatown it's a ghost yes, town right now
1: yes yes chinatown because
0: people are idiots exactly
1: i it baffles me and not only that but i saw someone on the um train i think like kind of grab their purse when they saw someone um she looked
0: Asian mm-hmm. Like
1: walked past her on the train with the mask on I was like, girl, your purse?
0: Yeah, I've seen people literally get out of their seat And walk to the other side of the train I can't Yeah,
1: it's so, ridiculous So,
0: uh,
1: the, the medical community is definitely issuing advisories To, you know, really help us make sense of what's going on around us um, Things like, you know, at the very basic, wash your hands Which you should be doing anyway And covering your mouth and your cough, you nasties With your elbow Exactly um, and part of these advisories includes avoiding events where large crowds might be present, especially if you're not feeling well. So for us and in the inner community, that means the potential of not taking part in one of our, you know, most treasured activities and traditions. Convention season. Yeah,
0: cons.
1: Exactly. All the cons, all the general large events. And we're already starting to hear about the effects this disease is having on this season, much of which doesn't bode well for a season near and dear to our hearts, especially during a time in which community and building community is incredibly important.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: So for this For The Culture, we're going to chat about what it has been happening so far, what we're paying attention to, why these effects are so concerning, and what is possibly a light in this darkness for this community. Let's do it. So... In order to really grapple with the effects of this disease on the New York community as far as events are concerned, I'm going to take you to an event that happened just recently. So, Emerald City, Comic-Con. Outside of San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con, another big player on the con scene is Emerald City Comic-Con in Seattle. Huge. It was first held in 2003, and this unique event in the Northwest has grown from, you know, it's... Measly number of 250,000 people. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's rough. Sorry. 2,500 attendees in its first say, year. I was like, that's woo. a weird number. Two <laughs> <That's> big. <laughs> exactly. To 98,000 people in 2019. Mm-hmm. Even Mark Ruffalo is actually headlining this year.
0: Oh, nice. Exactly. Well, they just found uh, that the uh, Amazon in Seattle has yeah. found cases of coronavirus. There, yeah. So... Um, Stay safe.
1: Yeah. After the King County Health Department in Washington State reported that nine COVID-19 related deaths have happened this week, Reed Exhibitions, the main organizer around the Emerald City Comic Con, released a statement that explained that the event will still take place, but they are encouraging attendees to follow the CDC's advice to adopt those practices. Washing your hands, covering
0: your mouth, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Um, What if the Lord just put this virus here on Earth? To just get rid of all the non-hand washers? (laughs) All the nasties? Could you imagine? All the nasties? Oh, Lord. Chef's kiss. Don't say that because people really are
1: out here with any kind of major contagion, the movie and otherwise, (laughs) are trying to attribute it to some divine plan. No. Anyway. Yeah. But after this announcement, there have been some major pullouts from Emerald City Comic Con. DC Entertainment, Dark Horse Comics... Penguin Random House also pulled out um followed by major creators like Jen Bartell. No,
0: not Jen Bartell. Benjamin
1: Percy speaking of X-Men, he's writing on the new X-Force. Mm-hmm. And this is just the really the start of
0: the Con season. Between side note, if you want some dope shoes designs oh, like yeah. Jen Bartell designed yes. um Captain Marvel fan yeah, Captain Marvel, Thanos and Harley Quinn shoes. Mm-hmm. The first two were for adidas i believe and then the last one was for puma probably sold out but go look up the pictures they're dope and her art is just amazing she's also working on the
1: new harley quinn um series mm-hmm, mm-hmm. comic series mm-hmm. um that just recently came out as well and it, i think it was timed and with the release of the movie with harley quinn and the other birds of prey yes but between now and august 2020 we have at least 131 conventions happening all across the world I will be going to maybe five of those. We're, we're <laughs> going to see because we have no idea how this is going to affect these conventions. I mean, it really has already started wreaking havoc on a number of events, releases, production schedules that have all been, you know, either stopped or stalled because of the uncertainty of this time.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you were telling me about PAX East and some other stuff yes, too. Yes, uh, PAX East. I mean, Sony dropped out of PAX East, which was huge because they were planning on unveiling a lot of the Final Fantasy VII remake stuff there. I can't get my Ring Fit adventure on the Switch because the factories that build the products for the Ring Fit game are closed because of the coronavirus. The Ghibli Museum is closed. Uh, You just mentioned Emory City Comic Con. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. Um, the new 007 movie, No Time to Die, they shifted the premiere date back to November because of the coronavirus. Yes. And then you have like Tokyo Disneyland, Lego Japan, and Universal Studios Japan, who also just announced that they're closing because of the coronavirus. And that's just some of the things. There are so many. Yes, and that's only in um, East Asia. I mean, not not to minimize
1: this. Right. Just adding color to the fact that just now in East Asia and also Hot spreading very like quickly. Zones. Yes. Yeah, but yes. it's
0: spreading and the community spread is going up in different states here. Um, so who knows what level it's going to get to. Exactly.
1: So obviously this is an ongoing development and we'll definitely continue to provide periodic updates because, you know, we're journalists We <laughs> think of ourselves as that.
0: LOL. Maybe not the word I would <gasps> yeah, say. Yeah, we are maybe not the word I would use. We are uh, enthusiasts. hmm So we have time on our hands. That's what we <laughs> almost that's what it too is. much.
1: <laughs> um but while we're in this moment, um what do you think are some of the most
0: important or significant developments you'll be paying attention to that our listeners might be interested in? Kind of what we've been doing, for me it's all about what's happening at the cons. Are they being closed? Are they being rescheduled? Are they going virtual? Yes, exactly. And what is happening with the contributors and the audience of these cons and of this, like, just geek, geek shit in general? Like, uh, will we be able to buy their work via online stores now? Sometimes they only unveil certain things at cons. Yep. yeah. yeah. Or do you know? Even if it's a sale on things that they, they that there's you know that they made, they, they they do that at cons. Cosplay is another big thing we were talking yes, about. Completely yes. When are we? How are we going to see those? So yeah, I guess that's what I'm looking at: dropouts and reschedules and all of that stuff. I'm also yeah. definitely interested
1: in all those, particularly as they have possibly a disproportionate effect on. Cons and gatherings that might be more local or community specific, like FlameCon, that happens here in New York City, that draws oh, attendees going. from all across the fucking world to celebrate the queerness of this amazing community. Um, and how those kinds of gathering spaces, how not being able to attend is a huge damper. Just as these communities and gatherings are reaching their strides, FlameCon will be in what year now, five, six? I think six. Year six? I think, yeah. And there are other cons that are happening all across the country that are a bit more specific, but at the very least that draw in local fans and local talent that Mm -hmm. might not happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm really concerned about the effect it will have on those in particular, aside from just the San Diego Comic-Cons, the New York Comic-Cons.
0: That's so true. I mean, because everyone can't travel to these big conferences. Exactly, exactly. And conventions. um, And... For those people who rely on local things, even if it's like, oh no, game nights at your local comic book store or anything like that, how are, is that community going to be affected by this virus? Well, I'm
1: I'm not too worried about that community, which we can talk about a little bit later on. But, you know, honestly, as Mike and I are, are trying to share now, where we're really concerned is because we're really going to miss this opportunity to build community that we normally, I mean, not really take for granted per se, but- count on happening without any
0: thought. Right. Really. There's always Twitter, but, you know, that's not that's not in person. It's different. True.
1: Mm-hmm. but And there are other, you know, virtual ways to build a community. But conventions and other large events are incredibly important for a variety of reasons. As Mike was saying, it's a place to preview upcoming content. You know, sometimes it's possibly your first moment where you meet your new favorite series, your yeah. new favorite artist, your mm-hmm. new favorite creator.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not to mention, apparently, the large economic impact it has on the cities and localities in which they take place. According to the San Diego Union-Tribune, in 2019 alone, the attendees of San Diego Comic-Con spent about $82.8 million during the four-day event yeah. in San Diego alone. Um, that is yeah. a boom um for San Diego. Yeah. Not, not that it's hurting for money, but damn, still <laughs> I know, that. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, not to belabor the point, but the ability to build community with fans and artists that really give this genre power and increasingly
0: greater staying power in pop culture overall. You also got to think about maybe these small, more fledgling um, cons and how they're working with a finite budget. Most and definitely, And they're really relying yes. on people to come out and buy tickets. And will, you know, the dropout from coronavirus this year affect what they if they're able to have the con next year yep, or what yep. they're able to do, what size they'll be able to to put on, um, yeah. I mean, and and I I work for
1: a conference company and I also come from an events program of uh, an events background. And my thing is okay. The very fact that you had to book the the venue a year prior to. exactly.
0: So yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> and you have to book, and sometimes if you don't. Fill the venue with the amount of they charge you exactly, yes, yeah. for
1: use of the facilities for everything. And so, yeah, right once again, that um, disproportionate, disproportionate effect on some of these local cons that are working with finite budgets and are doing everything on shoestring, prayer, and Red Bull. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I think it's that last bit the inability to you know hold space to gather and build that community particularly during a time that is pretty damn tumultuous for our politics and our culture. Yeah. To say the very fucking least. <laughs> so do you Super think... Super Tuesday, sweating. Mm, crying. <laughs> Have cried, we'll probably continue to cry. Um, but, you know, we'll vote blue. Be cute. Um, do you think this facet and tradition is strong enough to draw in folks despite the health advisories, this, this tradition of building community? And if not, how do you envision you know folks using other ways to build community and celebrate what brings them to this content and brings them to these spaces
0: mm. I think it depends on the severity of the virus in certain areas Very much so Um I mean it's all con- it's all about context right So like like in Seattle, knowing that there are confirmed cases there. Nine. Nine confirmed cases. Yes. Yeah, I can definitely see why people would drop out. And that's, you know, perfectly reasonable. Um, Safety first. But um I think it, during this time, you know. Yeah. Depending on the area, people will still go out. People are still drawn. People plan their years around this. People have invested money in this. Yeah. They're still going to try to go out and get as much as they can out of these things as they can.
1: Not to mention the number of <clears throat> vendors and independent artists who really yeah. depend on these spaces to showcase their work and get people interested in and in buying them, both at the con also following them on social media mm-hmm. and hopefully buying
0: things from them later on. Especially these larger companies who promise their stockholders... <laughs> That they'll do certain things. Oh no, fuck that shit.
1: <laughs> they they at this point they they're fine. Like I I'm I'm least worried about some. Of, I'm least worried about shareholder concern mm-hmm. because they will find a way to get their money. Mm. I'm more so worried about what it means for our fans who attend these uh, attend these cons, especially for the chance to meet. These artists, these creators, this amazing talent. Because I can't imagine, you know, New York Comic Con and having some of the major booths exhibits pulled out. Or even worse, some of the major panels that really get us excited. Not happening.
0: I know. Thank God it's later on in the year. And hopefully this will all be washed over by then. True. But. I still. Yeah, there's still that fear. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that. For some people, traveling you know, traveling's always a risk, but with this added risk, it might be, you know, enough for them to like cancel their ticket.
1: True. But I also think that there are ways to really pilot and practice some new innovative forms of virtual engagement. Oh, yeah, a good example of that is possibly using I was just talking
0: about showing up in the physical,
1: oh yeah, no, 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 but no I sorry totally yeah agree. the like latter question how might or latter part of the question how yeah, might they sorry. use other ways to build community mm-hmm. like just to you know try to give a make the case for optimism, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, there's we've already said it, but like Twitter, like any social media is always a community to to talk and chat on um. I was just thinking it would be great if they could do like a virtual reality thing where people could virtually be there and window shop. I mean, in the comfort of their own home. I would never leave, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> you okay, know what I'm saying. Let's not conflate how you want to interface with the world in general. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> with these moments. I'm not a misanthrope, but <laughs> oh no no no! You just like your bed. I hate people. You <laughs> just like my bed. So. <laughs> what's my tagline i love humanity but hate humans
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah something virtual um yeah or maybe even um oh god i don't know blue jeans <laughs> skype zoom. zoom let's just name
1: all the meeting software why don't we google right.
0: Hangouts. microsoft teams
1: ill slack ill actually Slack. Well, slack is not a bad idea
0: I've seen other um, conferences use he slacks to like Slack to build. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Tumblr needs some some more usage after they banned all the porn. Let's let's throw them a bone. Ban all the porn, okay? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um,
1: but you know they can use things like your, as you were talking about other ways in which to view cosplay. Maybe using hashtags on Instagram to allow folks to curate that, or mm. you know that's a good form of curation to be able to see. Some of the cosplay you would ordinarily see in person. hmm hmm That'd be cool. Um, maybe having creators and artists do um, AMAs, Ask Me Anythings on Twitter and Reddit. hmm That could be interesting as well. So just ways to really encourage virtual engagement that, one, acknowledges that you're definitely, you know, behind a screen, but not letting that stop the valuable spaces to build a community. Right. So... Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I definitely think, you know, digital conference engagement and virtual engagement are on the rise. But I also think that we can't forget about the potential for in-person events that can still happen, just possibly on a smaller With scale. people
0: that you trust, that are clean. That wash their hands. That wash their hands. That Lord cough into Jesus their coffin to that inner part and of that their were, arm that were raised right essentially yes yes with clean houses
1: in a nutshell yes they take their shoes off at the door okay now we're getting into things that are a bit more specific
0: that's Myles yeah I know yeah
1: yeah I feel like we could also to get each into his the own. Com- true I just I, we there are fascinating conversations around the way that cleanliness can be racially coded so on and so forth. But if it's right, it's right. I'm going to stab That's you. I saying. want to stab you. <laughs> there is a real opportunity, you know, really for for local gatherings and meetups to celebrate and build community and maybe even experiencing be exposed to content that you might not already be turned on
0: to. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm you know looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can always invite people over to play board games. I think board games have has come with a rise in the in the past. Definitely a resurgence. A resurgence. Um, you know, I said earlier in one of our earlier episodes, one of my 2020 goals is to get into D&D. So this is a perfect time to get your guilt together. Girl, virus take me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and still hey, not doing D and D. You can even play a, a a scenario where the coronavirus is the villain of the campaign. This is great. Kill the coronavirus with your friends. Um, That's actually
1: kind of kind of a cool idea. You know, there's yeah. always
0: you know book clubs and yeah. you know you, you can have graphic graphic novel like you. I mean, there's so much. Y'all know what y'all can do. Exactly. Give it to friends. I mean, the thing that I'm most excited about go to is a the local bar.
1: Yes. What I'm most excited about is the opportunity for folks to really get to experience
0: some like new series, new books, new content, all that jazz. Well, if you, which is super exciting. So if it comes down to it and we're just stuck at home, yeah, that Possibly. Might can happen. I mean, yes. What we'll see.
1: I mean, honestly, like the meetups can happen. Mm-hmm. They can get some content, and mm-hmm. as you were alluding to, they can you know start building up a list of shit. Yes. Which is going to be really important, particularly if we face a time of greater isolation and possible self-quarantine.
0: Sign me up.
1: Yes, I'm just not (laughs) looking forward to any of the uh, think pieces about loneliness.
0: Oh my god! And you know, day 28, my loneliest year in New York City. Exactly. Or finding love through finding love virality. (laughs) Finding love through my keyboard. Or any (laughs) who. But I mean, ultimately, I feel like we're gonna have to start building nineteen up. with Corona nineteen, or you know, coronavirus nineteen. No, that no, no, no. Like that? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Let's not workshop like this.
1: Let's not workshop this any more than it needs to be. Okay, <laughs> if that's dead. Yeah, <laughs> we're killing that. Speaking of dead, mm-hmm. um, but to help us get through, I think you know it might be helpful to build our own kind of like Corona queue. I got that term from one of my good friends, Rachel Pike. I like
0: it. Yeah. So in the spirit of Corona, there instead of like the virus with its proteins and everything,
1: I want both. I want the Corona there in the label with the virus and the protein. All right, sure, cool. Well, in the spirit of generosity Mm -hmm. and community, what is one thing that you're looking forward to getting to read if we have to self quarantine um, and spend more time
0: alone? And what is one thing that you would recommend for others to add to their Corona queue? Ooh, so. One thing that I want to, if I was just like, yeah, if I needed to have a Corona cue, the first thing is, well, we already talked about one thing, and it's getting through Altered Carbon. I think if I don't, if I'm not going anywhere, might as well try the series out again. I heard it's pretty good, especially the second season. So there's that. Also, I still have not read the um, NJ, N.K. Jemisin's uh, Broken Earth trilogy.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, So yes. I think I yeah. would get
0: into that because it's supposed to be really good um, and, yeah, amazing. And they're making a series about it that's going to come, uh TV series is going to come out eventually. True, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I hope I get to finish that before this, the TV series comes out. Something that I, was the other thing? Would recommend, would recommend. Would recommend. For others to add to their queue. I would recommend you add... The Saga graphic novel series. Hell the fuck yes. I would recommend yes. you add what we were talking about earlier, the new X-Men soft reboot. Um, I would recommend you add the uh, the video game Horizon Zero Dawn. If you have a PS4. If you have a PS4. Is it on any other platforms? I don't think so. I think it's a PS4 exclusive. Okay. Yeah. But um, what else would I add? Uh, well i said one so you're fine i guess yeah i know come on extra credit i try (laughs) also the podcast adventure zone the adventure zone yes yeah and also our podcast (laughs) obviously Uh, obviously you'll
1: have more episodes then (laughs) yes (laughs) i just imagine us being like the voice of a a post-apocalyptic
0: moment like the voice I see, like, a... a mutated creature with two heads. Ew! You know? Ew! And the two heads are always arguing with each other. That's gross. That's but gross. But, like, in a funny way. Only if we can say Philip and Lillian from Rugrats.
1: Philip! Lillian! <laughs> yeah. That would be the only way. <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Things that I'm looking forward to getting through if I have to be self-quarantined. So, obviously, finishing... The Bible. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, that just slipped out. Have you read the Bible, sir?
0: Yes, I have.
1: Uh sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway. I'm not cover to cover. Look, I exactly. Have, I
1: have. <laughs>
0: Flip pages.
1: Well look, Book of Eli, you stay <laughs> over there. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what I would recommend as getting a new co-host for your podcast. <laughs> This is a great time to audition new people. <laughs> um, I am looking forward to getting through um, Children of Blood and Bone, finally. Yes. I am almost finished. There is so much we have to read that um, a lot of what Nedia, so a Nnedi a Sakata Witch series. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because I'm a huge TV person and movie person, I would recommend, once again, um, Sweetheart yes definitely. still sweetheart. trying to plug sweetheart mm-hmm. if you have more if you want more information about that
0: mm-hmm.
1: check out our previous episode mm-hmm. we talked about that for that for the culture section um and then also if you can find it this latest iteration of Doctor Who I mean uh, we're definitely yeah, late that's a great, to the game yeah, but we're getting through too. it right now mm-hmm. and really Jodie Whittaker is showing you hoes she's killing why me. she should have been given the reins a long time ago as yes, far as his character she yes. embodies all the quirkiness the intellect the uh, passion for for exploration and, and curiosity and humanity, but also this deep, profound commitment to like advocacy and goodness
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: that I, I think is even more resonant in
0: these very fraught times and even more uh, inspiring. I also really enjoy her relationship with her companions. Yes. And even though there are a lot this time around with this iteration of The Doctor, uh-huh. I don't think we've ever had three companions before with one doctor not three mm. consistent companions right not consistent ones but um, yeah because
1: there was Rory and um Amy Amy yeah mm-hmm. I
0: remember that so yeah that was the that was two. I saw most before I yeah think that was still the 11th doctor it was um, yeah but yeah so definitely go out and watch that mm-hmm. yeah
1: mm-hmm. but you know in all seriousness folks wash your hands <laughs> Uh, follow actual medical professionals. Do what your mama
0: tells you to do. Wash
1: your hands. Even better, follow actual medical professionals. Yes. <laughs> and trusted news sources beyond just your mama and Facebook news feed. Not to say that anyone's mama is not a source of truth, mm-hmm. but sometimes you actually need to, you need to hear this information from those with actual medical degrees. True. If your mama has both, lovely. <laughs> but just make sure that you are following trusted resources to stay abreast of the latest. And if you're missing out on your favorite event... Maybe try starting a conversation on your favorite social media platform to find your stan
0: family. And don't go out there saying things about this that you don't know the facts about. Like just spreading fake news and false false. Oh, sorry, yes, about and about the coronavirus. I was like just about the legitimate about about the there are their parents no about <laughs> the content oh. they want to be they want to start a conversation around yes. no i'm talking about the current advice because we do not need any more of that fake news <laughs> surrounding this yes this scare um yeah just keep it keep it factual yes once again trusted news sources mm-hmm. and
1: if you do end up meeting in person with you know some of the folks you're having a conversation with online let us know we would love to hear about it yeah And that's it for For the Culture.
0: That's it for For the Culture. All right. So our last section. Please explain. Um, What do we need explaining this week?
1: Please explain how in the hell are the Japanese going to adapt Batman Ninja into the live action experience it is telling everyone else and themselves they're going to carry out and and you know do well well they shouldn't
0: <laughs> that's my answer
1: so for those of you who are who are unfamiliar with the movie batman ninja um it's actually
0: pretty interesting
1: it, and it I looks like great it. so yeah context batman is sent to feudal japan by some timey wimey stuff that goes on yes yeah where a soul of his foes have become feudal lords and he partners up with catwoman to stop them from altering histories and essentially. his whole bat family oh yeah of course but I there's mad. red
0: hood there's I, robin oh sorry i'm taking it over you got it no no you're fine mm-hmm. go ahead
1: <laughs> you groom
0: <laughs> there's batman there's robin there's uh red hood there's nightwing there's Batgirl. um all right that's fine mm-hmm. anyway there's also Catwoman. yes shit <laughs> um the movie is great
1: to look at it's incredibly stylized and the live action sequences are freaking amazing
0: honestly yeah, I like, mean, DC does animation great. They most definitely, especially their writing. My yeah, god, cuz yeah. Harley well, Quinn is out for here the uh, killing joke. That's the one
1: bad one. We don't know her. Yeah. But this new Harley Quinn slaying the girls as far as wit and social commentary. Oh, yes. Um, but because of these yes stylized versions of this, but more importantly these live action sequences, um not quite sure how that's going to work. Mm-mm. We have precedent for this kind of attempt. Um, see, Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark, the 2010 musical by Legend Julie Taymor. Um, she is the brain behind Lion King on Broadway and a number of things. Well, they turned it off Broadway. Yes. Mm-hmm. What? It's Turn Off the Dark. They turned it off on Broadway. Uh, we don't have time for that. Um, <laughs> we don't have time for attempted wit. We gotta. <laughs> wow. Let's push through. <laughs>
0: <laughs> me crying
1: i love you <laughs> but um yeah spider-man turn off the dark um the stunts super technical they had some Too attempted much. uh aerial scenes that were supposed to be great they had actors swinging from webs at some point and all we know is that his legacy is Not characterized by any successful attempts at this, but rather the tons of injuries. And a death. And technical challenges that, unfortunately, was this show.
0: People died.
1: Um, Six people were injured while working on this damn show. You had two stunt doubles injured during the flying sequences. One of which um, had broken both of his wrists. (laughs) And this was after another actor had broken his feet on the same goddamn choreography. Safety inspectors from the New York State Department of Labor reviewed the show and cited them (laughs) with two workplace (laughs) safety violations. (laughs) And the United States Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, OSHA OSHA
0: OSHA. fined
1: the show $12,600 in March 2011 for these, for these like. Safety violations. They hadn't
0: even made that yet.
1: There was one one actress, Natalie Mendoza, who played um, Arachne. She uh, suffered a concussion during the first preview performance and didn't tell anyone <laughs> until basically like two days later. Um, she did a second performance against medical advice. And there were several like fly sequences where she's flying upside down and she fell ill. They brought in her, her understudy who played the role. Um, Natalie came back and then... Decided to quit the show once a stunt performer, Christopher Turney, got injured and was hospitalized because a uh, homeboy uh, fell 20 feet. 21. <laughs> 21 feet. Sorry, when his harness was not connected to the goddamn safety cord. So, I'm not wishing ill will on this production. I would love to see it. Love to see it. All I'm saying is, take heed of the world you're walking into mm-hmm. and the mistakes that have been made. Mm-hmm. This can work. let um, Just,
0: we wish everyone the best mm-hmm. and that everyone has good insurance. Maybe they'll do it in that dinner theater style version that, that um, some Japanese... Uh, theaters do oh god
1: yeah i've seen i've seen
0: videos of that before those are a lot less dangerous minus the the huge robotic cars in this little space that they have Mm -hmm. um but those are far less dangerous than i would say jumping off of a 21 foot thing into the orchestra pit
1: i know but unfortunately sounds like we might be in danger of that because they're not going to do dinner theater they're doing it in tokyo's theater moya shinjuku great so, uh, yeah, okay, just ultra three
0: dimensional experience yes
1: we're we're looking at a at, at a press release from them right now, um, and yeah, our bodies shiver and not with anticipation, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's it, um, we would love to see it, but yes. we're also a
0: little weary mm hmm and, and we're, wary <laughs> we're, you are in our prayers, yes, and um. Yeah, we will toast to it being a successful and injury-free. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, All once right again, there. that I think is we're our show. Done. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening, y'all. We hope you enjoyed the news, the conversation, and the run like that run edit. Please rate and review
1: generously, and remember to follow us on Twitter at This Is The Ink. Um, all lowercase
0: and on our Instagram at this is oops nope that's not it this underscore is underscore the underscore all lowercase (laughs) yes and share with your friend
1: family and undecided (laughs) see you next time bye y'all